Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode number 144. What is going on? I am Matt O'Leary, going to be hanging out with you on this lovely, lovely edition, which we're so excited to get to. Ah, quarterback drama. Shocking with the New York Jets quarterback drama. Say it ain't so. Before we get into today's episode, we'll talk about the all the whole quarterback story. We'll talk about uh, your voicemails. We'll get into all that. But before that, it's never too early to play holiday music, and it's never too early to start thinking about gifts. Whether it's for a friend or for the friends in your pantaloons, you can make this a season to be jolly with Manscaped. Do your little drummer boy a favor and use the Lawnmower 4.0 to avoid another silent night in the bedroom. Then add in Manscaped's top-of-the-line shower products to have the people thinking, all I want for Christmas is you. Santa cares about his sack, and so should you. Look nice when you get naughty by going to Manscaped.com and use my code JETS20, that is J-E-T-S-2-0, for 20% off and free shipping. Get yourself something nice. So, Zach Wilson played atrociously against the New England Patriots, completed nine passes and had like 77 passing yards on the day, something like that. Uh, Moral of the story, not good enough. So there was some drama, especially because he handled things so poorly in the postgame press conference. And naturally, I think the defense was pissed and probably the coaching staff was pissed at him. And I I can't necessarily say that I blame him after those uh, comments specifically, but we're going to go over the entire options that the Jets have because earlier the week, Robert Sala came out and said, and at the time of the recording this, we don't know who the starting quarterback is, but he said they're taking everything into account for who the starting quarterback is going to be for this New York Jets team. Uh, all the options are on the table. So we'll run through those options and what could happen and, and all the potential fallout and the likelihood and all that fun stuff. And then we'll answer your calls. Option one is continue to stick with Zach Wilson. On a short leash, which I think is probably the most likely one. But again, we're going to talk through all these. So obviously, Zach Wilson's play wasn't good enough and he got called out for it. And this team lost two games, both to New England because of Zach Wilson. Uh, And he really has been a passenger most of the way. So this could be looked at as the wake up call or the final push Because so far throughout both their tenures, Robert Sala and Joe Douglas, they have uh, Robert Sala and Zach Wilson, rather. They have been very pro Zach. He's our guy. This, this and that. That for the first time was pulled back a little bit on on Monday after uh, we had to wait an extra hour and a half for Robert Sala to come out for the press conference. uh, And he says that they are not committing to Zach Wilson. so that could be used as, like, once again, your your wake-up call. And my thing would be you start him, and if he plays poorly, then you could pull him. Then at that point, you pull him and try to get that spark. And just because you pull him, mind you, that doesn't necessarily have to be the end of the line for Zach. It could be. Sure, it, it, anything is possible and anything is on the table here. But if let's play the game for a second... They they pull him, they go to Mike White, they still lose the game, Mike White doesn't play any better, and then they go back to Zach after that. You could theoretically do that. Just because you pull Zach doesn't mean that it's the end. Look at Tua, for example. 
Tua Tagovailoa down in Miami was benched a couple of times in his first two years in the league for uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I believe Jacoby Brissett was there last year. Uh, and in year three, it's worked out great. He's been he's been really good. He ends up turning it out, and he's been fine. But just because a, a guy gets benched doesn't necessarily mean that it's over. But uh, it, it could be, you know, they, they pull the plug and, hey, that option of Flacco or Mike White was the better option after all. And they go on their merry way and they win games. And that and that's the end of the line for Zach. But my guess, again, by the time I'm recording this Tuesday evening for a Wednesday drop, which it hasn't been announced yet who the starter is going to be. My guess that it's going to is it's going to be Zach uh, on a short leash. So that is option one. Option two is everyone's favorite quarterback, Mike White, uh, who obviously played a really good game last year against the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, got hurt against the Indianapolis Colts, uh, played against Buffalo, played really bad against the Buffalo Bills, and then they ended up going back to Joe Flacco, if I'm not mistaken, for the game against Miami uh, before Zach Wilson made his uh, made his comeback last year. Mike White. They elevated up to quarterback two. So again, just my own personal opinion here. If they were to make a change, I think it would be for uh, Mike White because they a few weeks ago bumped him up to that status of, of, of QB two, which I don't think you do that unless you really mean like if you're going to pull Zach, don't you go to the backup? And if the backup is Mike White, then like that, that's it. That's the end of the story, right? If if they do pull him, then I think it would be be for Mike White, who again had a good game against the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, a, a crazy you know upset win. They threw for a bunch of yards, um, and that was that was that. If they are looking for a spark, that could be the spark. The downside with Mike White is there were a ton of interceptions. He had eight interceptions in two and a half, three games. Uh, he ended up playing four, but like half of the New England game and half of the Indianapolis game and the pretty much the full Buffalo and the full uh, Cincinnati game. Uh, so there was a lot uh, there, there were a lot of turnovers. Option three or C, I forget if we're doing ABC or what, but the next option is go back to Joe Flacco. So Joe Flacco started for the New York Jets uh, the first three games of the year and they went one and two. But he has five passing touchdowns in, in those three games. The issue with Joe is his lack of mobility. He is very much so statuesque in the pocket, but he is probably the most known commodity of the three. If they want to continue to play this conservative brand of football on offense that they've been doing, that would be the one who you would probably say, I have the most, most faith in him coming in and executing just what needs to happen. And we know that there is a very uh, limited ceiling with, I guess, potentially the highest floor because of him being the known commodity. Um, and then the final one, which is just for fun, it's for giggles, is Chris Strevler. I like Chris Strevler. He was fun in the preseason CFL darling. Um, uh, again, uh, I, I understand, you know, he, he sparked uh, and played well in the preseason. And, you know, there were times earlier in the year where I thought, hey, maybe maybe you go to Strevler at, at some point. But the likelihood of that happening feels so very slim. But why do people want Strevler? Because just that he sparked in the preseason and this team very much so looks like that they need a spark. Now, could they do maybe a special package for Chris Strevler? I would say that's probably a little bit more likely. But for him to just come out 
and either start or be the backup and come in and replace Zach in uh, like a mid-game situation probably feels the most unlikely of those scenarios. Um, they just haven't shown, the staff hasn't shown anything to me since the summer to make me believe that they would go to Streveler next of the bunch. And once again, I, I, I get it. I know he's he was fun, extremely fun, but I just don't necessarily know if that's the route that this team is going to decide to go. So those are pretty much all four of your options between uh, Wilson, White, Flacco, Strebler. It stinks that this is the part that we're talking about, but that's what happens when your team right now is well past where they thought they would be. If they were th- if they had three wins at this point of the season, like everyone thought they were going to be, they thought they would be like three and eight at this point in the season. Then they probably just continue to ride it out with Zach Wilson and he either figures it out and you go, okay, that's our guy going forward. Or he doesn't you go, all right, well now we're in a bad enough spot to either draft the next guy or use high draft capital to trade for somebody or whatever the case may be. But with how the jets are playing, they're in a legitimate playoff hunt now. And that's when you have to come to this decision of the fine line between the development or potential development of Zach Wilson and winning football games. I think with, the plays that were left on the table against New England mixed in with just how good the defense has been makes you start to question, which again, I said earlier in the week in some of my videos that I think the Jets are right or Robert Sala and the staff is right to you know, put that out there, that they're evaluating everything and then it's not just going to be uh, handed on to uh, Zach right now. And I have full faith in whatever Mike, uh, I almost said Mike White, in whatever uh, the New York Jets between Robert Sala and Joe Douglas decide to do going forward. I think they have the right guys for the job in that spot. I'm very happy with how both of those guys performed. Robert Sala has pushed all the right buttons so far this year. And this is just another step, another adversity step that we're looking at. And look, maybe... If you want to go on the ultra positive side with uh, if you're still a believer in Zach Wilson, maybe this is the finally the thing that gets him to click. Right. Because as I said, so far, uh, Robert Sala has pushed the right buttons and their defense was really bad through the first three games of the year. They have a player also only meeting and then they've arguably been the best defense in the league ever since this time around. Someone has to step up on offense and someone has to be that leader. I hope it's Zach Wilson that this week because that would show you or give you a little bit more promise of him actually turning into the guy. Because right now is probably the lowest his stock has been since uh, joining the New York Jets. Um, And he's starting to lose the fan base and players in that locker room with play and how he's handling himself. So you need a 180 there. And another thing, when looking at the Jets' remaining schedule, they have the easiest... Uh, pass defenses against to face. They have the easiest time to do uh, against teams remaining on their schedule. I'll pull up the exact number three right now. Uh, future strength of schedule for passing offenses. Uh, the Jets have the easiest one remaining. San Francisco is two. And it's Jets by a, a, a long shot, too, by the way. They have teams like Jacksonville, uh, Chicago, Detroit, Miami. Those four teams are some of the worst 
teams against the pass in the NFL. So if Zach Wilson's playing in those games, he better be putting up numbers and not the game managing stuff that we saw, you know, against the Buffalo Bills. That's a fine game to have against Buffalo, but when you're going up against bottom feeder defenses and bottom feeder bottom feeder pass defenses, that's when you have to put up your big time performances to show if you really are the guy or not. Or hell, if you if you go to Mike White or Joe Flacco, whoever, there might be some opportunities there for if they're executing for that offense to go out and put up some points. So no, I don't think this season is over, which is kind of what we're all going to loop this thing back to. They're 6-4 and four and have a really good shot to win this week against the Chicago Bears, who very well could be without Justin Fields. Justin Fields separated his shoulder. That's a serious injury. Why would you play him? If you're Chicago, why play him? Why risk injuring him worse? Going up, Trevor Simeon going up against this defense? Or even if it is Justin Fields? I think this Jets defense is so good that they could hang with anybody. They proved it. And the two losses that they had, both to New England, they were they were both one-score games. They're both in those games, and the offense was so bad that they didn't finish the job, and they weren't able to win. But this defense, whether it's Fields or whether it is Simeon, should be able to hold Chicago to less than 17 points. So all you're asking of your offense is get to that mark, which I think you should be able to do even if you have a, a poor quarterback play. I'm not rooting for poor quarterback play. Obviously, I want this thing to get in gear, get this thing going. There's too many weapons here, uh, and this is too much of a time to take advantage. So that's it. Zach, if he's starting it, it's time. Figure it out. If they go to Mike White, Joe Flacco, Chris Strebler, whatever else, I wish you luck. I want to win football games. Let's get into the Mojo segment. The guy that I want to talk about is a very popular guy for the New York Jets, and that's Mike White, whose stock is up 44.56% this week. He is a hot riser. Do you believe in Mike White? If you do, you can get in on his stock now before his value continues to go or continues. Yeah, it would continue to go up uh, if he starts in place. And if he plays well, well, you can you know cash in on your investment. Sign up using my link down below in the description of this video and podcast and there you go so with that let's get into your voicemails all right first up we're going out to alex in virginia he's out on wilson he wants to talk about what's what's going on next then matt o'leary what's going on man it's alex from Madison, virginia here what up dude another day another l to the new england patriots this is awful and it pretty much has put the nail in the coffin for me man and this is kind of going to lead into my question, but I just want to make this statement. As much as I was a believer when we first drafted him and all this stuff that he's gone through this year, I can't do it anymore, man. Zach Wilson isn't good enough. Like, the things I've seen, he hasn't developed at all. He's still making the same background. He could have had three interceptions in this game against the Patriots, I believe. They were just dropped. The offense was just stagnant. He did nothing at all. He, he was abysmal throughout the entire game. And, and I, just, I just can't see it anymore. I ha, I've done everything possible in my head to find some way to keep believing in Zach Wilson. I just can't do it anymore. I, I just don't see a way they can do it anymore. I just don't see how, with the team that we have, we continue to rely on a guy that just has not improved even a little bit from last year. Which leads into my question for you. You can give your opinion on what we do. But for next year, what do we do with quarterback, man? Because 
I don't think, I still think we're going to be soft. I still think we'll win the games we should. Because, for some reason, Bill Belichick just knows how to beat young quarterbacks. But even then, I think that Zach Wilson hasn't shown enough. But I feel like if we should at least either draft, I'm not a big fan of that because I don't want to waste draft picks on another quarterback. Potentially just a backup one, too. Or we should sign competition because Zach Wilson clearly needs to have a fire lit under his ass. Yep. Because he has not shown any sort of development at all. Maybe if you get somebody in there that can threaten his job, maybe that'll spark something. Maybe a Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe a Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe somebody that is a game manager that is okay that could be a bridge quarterback for when we draft another quarterback in the future. But in my opinion, it's over for him. He just has not done anything to show any kind of improvement. It's it's over, in my opinion. But let me know your opinion, man. And as always, go Jets. Yeah. Um, look, I get it. And I think the most likely scenario or the most likely option is someone that you named in Jimmy G. I think it's a very real possibility, even if Zach does play the rest of the year and plays okay, I think they would bring in Jimmy G because of just how well this staff knows him and how much they trust him. That connection just seems to make too much sense, and I think you'd get into a quarterback competition. Maybe they try to upgrade and go for Carr or something like that. Lamar, I know I'm sure I'm going to hear it a million times between now and next year, or if he signs an extension or whatever the hell happens with the Ravens. The Ravens are too well run to let Lamar Jackson get away. They are. So that one's not a realistic option. Option. I think Jimmy G is probably your most realistic realistic one. Uh, let's go Richard in Nevada. He's trying to find a positive. Good luck. All right, let's see. Hey, what's up? It's Richard from Nevada once again. I'm calling post-game with the New York Jets and the New England Patriots. So, I mean, we can all really be butthurt about this game, but it's really not even close to the end of the world. Um, Bill Belichick was kept very honest by this Jets defense, and Robert Sala was kept very in check with Bill Belichick's defense. So it's kind of a two-way street here. Um, I mean, hey, nobody expected this game to be 3-3 three and three until – the fourth quarter with one minute and what was it like 30 something seconds left. Um, it is what it is. And, you know, I mean, Hey, there's some good things to take from this game and some bad things to take from this game. You look at that defense and there was some really fantastic moments from this defense. Obviously there's a lot of sacks that we can point to and man, did they look fantastic keeping Mac Jones honest even. At the same time, Zach Wilson was also throwing the ball a lot. I noticed this game. I don't know if this was some kind of attempt to, like, you know, reinforce the bouncing back at the media comments and to kind of, like, show him, like, yeah, I'm the real deal. I don't know what that was about. Um, but I also noticed the run game didn't step up as much as I thought it would or would be able to. So who knows? Um, Elijah Moore, I did see get a lot of targets. So there's... Uh, at least some, uh, I guess, development as far as team uh, chemistry, if you want to put it that way. And, I mean, really, I have to say I was kind of surprised Quincy Williams (laughs) came back after, like, walking off the field or limping off the field and making some big plays this game. So it's always good to see him develop. Uh, 
I mean, look, we losing to the Patriots is not necessarily the end of the world. Um, it sucks, but hey, maybe we'll see him in the playoffs. Who knows? Anyway, hey Matt, love your channel. Like and subscribe, guys. Do it. Takes two seconds. Thank you very much. So. Didn't mean to cut you off at the air, at the end there. Uh, thank you. I really appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you got to love what the defense did. Were there times where I was a little frustrated with some of the open field tackling? Yes, of course. But they only allowed three points in the game. That's enough to win the game. The special teams let up a play at the end. But with how the how bad the offense was, didn't matter. Didn't matter. I don't care that there's a block in the back. That's not the, that's not the story. Was Brain Man dumb for not kicking it out of bounds? Of course. That is nothing new here. But it all comes back down, unfortunately, to the quarterback play. And I think, unfortunately, if the Patriots are making the playoffs, I don't think the Jets are. It's going to be very difficult for both to make it, but that what a story arc that would be. Third time's the charm. They finally get them in the playoffs. But uh, they have a very challenging schedule down the stretch. They still have a ton of games uh, against some difficult opponents, starting against uh, Minnesota this upcoming week. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, thank you for trying to find the positive side. It's uh, not easy after a time like this, but there are still seven games left and this team is still very much so alive in the playoff mix going down the stretch. We're going to go to Liam. He is up next calling in from Staten Island uh, and he just wants to talk about the offense as a whole. Hey Matt, Liam from Staten Island. Uh, rough, rough rough day i mean that was about about as bad as you could have possibly gotten from the jets like i don't see that game going much worse besides getting absolutely blown out uh so yeah collective sigh for all jets fans that was just terrible i think the defense played fairly well i think special teams played fairly well i mean when you're out there for what was 10 punts but two were replayed so 12 total punts they did fairly well, and you kicked the field goal in tough wins. So I think special teams was good. Offense was just absolutely bad, just terrible. Um, I think the, just so many different aspects of it. Not only was Zach terrible, he was completely off, just terrible, but the run game was just so stagnant. There was no creative end arounds. There was nothing to Barrios. There was no, no creativity. It was just running inside the tackles all game long. And then in the passing game, I didn't. Did you see any motions? Did you see anyone running around the field? And even just like a tight end switching sides, or just something to kind of make the defense move. It just seemed like these stagnant, long developing plays, seven step drops that Zach needs a ton of time for, a deep twenty yard routes. Like that's not how you're going to beat a team like the Patriots in this crazy weather. Like you're just not going to do that. But a second point. What is up with Zach Wilson in the interviews after the game going out and saying that, and now I don't blame myself for any of this, you know, the defense did well, but we don't owe them anything. Like, obviously, paraphrasing, but what is this attitude? You had an awful game. You're a young quarterback. No one's going to blame you for this whole thing if you just sit there and own it. If you say, like, yeah, I had a bad game. I don't understand the mindset that he has right now where he didn't do anything wrong. He hasn't proven anything all year. He's had a terrible, terrible year. He, he can game manage at best. That's all he's done all year is game manage, aside from one drive versus Pittsburgh. So you tell me what you think this is all about, and do you think we're going to bounce back well against Chicago, or could this be the return of, and I hate to say it, the same old Jets? 
Yeah, I don't think it's going to be the return of the same old Jets because this Jets defense is just too good, and that Bears defense is just too bad. And you know what? I don't think it was one of Mike LaFleur's better games, but there are guys, if you watch that, who are just wide open, and Zach Wilson doesn't pull the trigger. Denzel Mims uh, in the end zone would have been a touchdown. Uh, and on that third and one, he had Elijah Moore over the middle of the field. Uh, and he missing layup throws. It's... It, it it was mo- that game's mostly on Zach. Uh, again, I think the uh, the play calling was suspect at times, but it, it's hard to criticize Lafleur after uh, that offensive performance. There, Jerry Jets next. Let's do it. Matt O'Leary, this is Jerry Jet. Listen, bro, I'm not going to get on you. I told you for two years now that Zach Wilson's not the answer. But here's the other problem this team has going forward is that they can't draft a quarterback next year. They they need a left tackle. And the other reason why they can't draft a quarterback next year is because they don't have coaching staff, certainly not Mike LaFleur, to bring a new quarter, a college quarterback abroad and train him and groom him. I wouldn't let this I wouldn't let this coaching staff, they're going to have to go out in free agency and get a, and get a, a guy who's already sta- established in the NFL. They're going to have to get, I don't know, a Derek Carr, Minshew, I don't know, Cousins, if he's available, Garoppolo. They're going to have to get somebody like that. They can't draft a college quarterback because they have no coaches to groom this kid they're horrible with Zach Wilson Zach Wilson's not the answer I've been telling you for two years that's my thoughts Jerry Jet out so what is it is it Zach Wilson or is it the coaching staff what we're in limbo here Jerry Jet um I don't think they will draft a quarterback because I think they've seen what what happened with Darnold and Wilson and they're going to say uh we're going to go a different route. If they do decide to go a different route, I agree. I think it'll be a veteran uh like a Jimmy G, like a Carr. I think those are two of the more realistic options. Minshew is another one uh who could potentially get another chance to start, but um I I don't think it's going to be Cousins. I definitely don't think it's going to be Lamar cuz I don't think he's going to shake free. It's uh, it's it's wild, wild that it's come to this. Josh in Idaho uh, says, "Don't put all the blame on Zach." All right, I'm interesting. I'm interested to try to hear him out on this. Hey, this is Josh from Idaho, and just calling about Zach Wilson and about his comments he said after the game uh, when they asked him, "Do you feel like you held the defense back?" And he said, "No." In my opinion, honestly. I think that's the right answer. Like, he did, like, somewhat hold the defense back, but what about the running backs? No one's talking about them. Like, Michael Carter had 19 yards was the high. Dak Wilson had more rushing yards than he did, and he only ran three times. The wide receivers were dropping balls. Obviously, Zach was overthrowing them. Like, it was just a total shit show of a performance by the offense. So, like, them asking him that question, he they were trying to make him take all the blame for it. Like, I get it. He's the quarterback. But, man, I don't know, man. Like, I just feel like Zach is just so hated on this team. And 
not from the players, just from the fans and the media. Like, everyone just wants to see him fail, and it just drives me nuts. Like, I get it. He played bad, but, I mean, you can't blame it all on him. I mean, he's not the one who – he didn't make a mistake. I mean, the special teams did that, and no one's even questioning the special teams. Like, I just don't get it, but just let me know what you think about that, man. Have a good one. Um, Here's what I'll say on that. All he has to say is – I have to be better. And that, and that changes everything. It's just, he tried to pass it off. He didn't take any accountability. That's the thing there. That's it. It's not nearly as bad this week. If he says, I got to be, I got to play better. And then he goes out and he's talking about the win. Like Mac Jones, whose arm isn't worse. Didn't complete like 80% of his passes for 200 plus yards. They put in the same conditions. I don't want to hear, and the running back stunk. The whole offense in general stunk. But when you're not completing passes to guys who are open, you're going to get critiqued. And you're the quarterback. You're supposed to be the leader. Justin, It wasn't Justin Hardy's fault that they lost, but look at what he said. It wasn't Garrett Wilson's fault that they lost, but look at what he said. He just handled it. It's so extremely poor. That unfortunately, that's this is this is where we're at now. It's uh, It's unfortunate, but that's... You got to handle it better. If you do, we're not having this much controversy. Jake and Jersey, Zach, up next. Hey, Matt, Jake from Jersey. I actually called during the third quarter, but uh, you can just honestly disregard that call. You know, it, I am a huge Zach guy, and he did play horribly. Um, and it just gets really hard to defend somebody when they take zero accountability. That press conference was That's absolutely it. disgusting. Um, I can't see how you would even say that you didn't let the defense down when they played like one of the best games and here you are, you can't even make you know, a, a simple screen pass. And it's like, it's crazy. And then I really don't like how he alluded to the wind as a factor. Yeah, it's a factor, but Mac Jones still threw for over 200 yards and was operating in the offense. Okay. Like it's, I don't know, man, I, I'm done. I think that was my last straw. I'm done talking myself into Zach being the guy. Um, if he ends up being good, great. If not, oh well. You know, I I'm done talking myself into it. So, uh, kind of curious what you think about everything. I'm trying to be uh pretty uh, level-headed with everything, but it's at least when like Donald was horrible, he would take accountability. Like it's it's just horrible. But uh, here we are again, man. Uh, go Jets. Curious what you think on this, and uh, yep, have a good one. Yeah. And speaking of Sam Darnold, ironically, as we're recording this, it's announced that Sam Darnold will be making a start for the Carolina Panthers this week. Tremendous timing. Of course, that's what was going to happen this week, right? Uh, yeah, a lot of people, especially after the comments turned on Zach, and you can't, again, like just like we said to last call, Josh, we, we can't, that can't be a response after a game like that, man. Say I wasn't good enough. Josh Allen, a couple weeks ago, when when they lost to the Jets, said I wasn't good enough. That's that's all it is. I get he's frustrated. I get he doesn't want to talk to the media. I I, I understand all of that. It's part of it. It unfortunately is part of it. Don't give me the wind excuse. Look at how Garrett Wilson responded, who's a rookie. Look at how Justin Hardy, who's another team captain as a special teamer, act like a captain. Act like a captain. It's frustrating, man.
We're going to go to Jeremy up next, but before we do, a word from BUSR, the official sports book of Matt O'Leary and why. Sign up using my link down below, busr.com slash Matt, and get a 150% free play bonus. You can bet on all kinds of things. You can bet on the Jets, the NFL, any sport you want. Maybe World Cup's your thing. Get in on the action. Get in on the fun at BUSR. Dot com. Uh, it's both myself and Jake Asman work with them, and we are sending someone, or BSR is sending someone to Jets Bears. Uh, we had our, our winner. We announced that on the show last week. So I'm sorry. Next up, we're going to go to Jeffrey calling in from New Jersey. Hey, Matt, it's Jeffrey from New Jersey. All right, so who's going to be our quarterback next year in 2023? <laughs> Lamar Jackson, no. Derek Carr, or Jimmy Garoppolo? And what would it take to get Derek Carr or Lamar Jackson? Have a good day. Uh, Lamar is off the table. I think Derek Carr is a possibility. I think Jimmy G is the most likely. I think a Jimmy G reunion makes the most sense. Uh, he was great on Monday Night Football. And I think at a minimum, at a minimum, you're looking at a, a competition between Zach Wilson and Jimmy G. Um, and who knows? With how Jimmy's playing, maybe he wins. Probably does win. Bobby. He's calling in from California. The lack of accountability and losing the locker room. Matt, this is uh, Bobby from California. What's up, um, Dave? Right now, Colorado. Oh, um, enjoy. Obviously, yesterday was disappointing. And uh, it was probably the worst loss since 2015 against the Bills, in my opinion. It was, uh, it was crushing because I don't know what else defense can do I really don't they showed up in every big spot they possibly could have and um, receivers were getting open you know I understand that not much was going on with the run game but Zach just really didn't do well we all saw it and um, and I'll tell you what man I just I just watched a video on his post game comments and uh, this stuff is not gonna fly at all with the locker room and um, you can deal with bad performances. Everyone does. But as I played college football for five years, man, I understand how locker rooms work. I understand how things are taken. And the complete lack of accountability is frustrating and incredibly disrespectful. He let the team down, all right, but instead of doing that, he deferred his the blame to the weather. The weather? Okay, dude. Josh Allen plays like an MVP every freaking week in Buffalo. You can imagine the weather is a factor there. And then he doesn't even take accountability. You know, he says, no, no, I don't show her the blame of this loss. I don't do that. And that is not going to go well at all. And listen, man, I've never been this guy that believes in this narrative. I never have. But the spoiled rich kid narrative kind of looks a little more plausible right now because that looked terrible. He's been bad a couple times at the presser and it is extremely frustrating to see him act like this and take no accountability, no ownership of his issues. But let me know what you think, man. It's frustrating. I hate it, but we got to write it out and see what we got in him. So the next year we can have another discussion. Take care, man. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh... – the, the lack of accountability, I think, is why they came out and did this today or, or yesterday or Monday, whenever the hell. Who knows? My, gaze, my days are getting all kind of confused right now. But the, the lack of accountability is why they came out and did this. 
He has to respond. He has to play better if he does play at all. And he has to be much more mature and much more humble. I don't think that is unfair to say about the young quarterback at all. Has to be better on the field and off the field. It's Man, is that frustrating. Unbelievably frustrating. Jimmy in Dallas is up next. He wants to know if it's time for Mike White. Yo, Matt, this is Jimmy calling from Dallas, Texas. Hope you're doing well. Wanted to drown in my sorrows after watching that entire game. Um, but just, yeah, rough, quick, rough question for you. Just wanted to get your opinion. Um, probably there's going to be a lot of complainers about this. Um, but I just wanted to see, would it be a bad thing to bench Wilson for a game or two, put Mike White because of basically on, on a punishment for basically saying that he didn't, um, you know, he, he didn't think that he did anything wrong with the defense, which he clearly did. The whole offense is to blame realistically as well as before. But that's a side note. Uh, Wilson didn't handle it like a leader, but would it be bad to bench him for a game or two as punishment, just like um, the Patriots did with their starting quarterback position? But bench him for a game or two, then you can kind of see what you have to do with Mike White to see because they clearly like him if they wanted to elevate him a little bit. Do you bench Wilson, put him in, uh, put him out for like a game or two as like punishment, and you know, and then you can kind of evaluate how your you know backup quarterback looks at you know because um, clearly Wilson's just head is not in the game right now. Um, but you know, I mean, the whole offense yesterday was just absolutely abysmal. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to see your uh, point with that. I don't like starting Mike White at all. I still think that Zach Wilson can be a good quarterback, but there's clearly something not working right here. So, um, And the team's not around his back. So just as a team morale, is it better to put White in for a game or two? Not sure. Um, just wanted to get your opinion on this. Uh, but, yeah, go Jets. Yeah, um, you could make that case, I think. And we talked about it earlier in the show where there have been examples of quarterbacks getting benched and coming back on better because of it. That would be that'd have to be your last ditch hope. Like I said, I think you could either get two things. It could just be the Zach Zach is done and that's it. Right? Like that's a possibility. But if it's not the case, there's two angles you could do. You could do that this lights a fire under his ass, he wakes up and plays good ball the rest of the way. Or if they do bench him and then bring him back, that's the thing that finally gets it to click for him. I don't know, but you're right. Mentally, not there. Just isn't. Just is not there mentally. Missing those check down throws tells you everything that you need to know. That it is something, I said it last year when it was happening, it's mental. And I thought he could grow out of it and develop out of it. And I still think there's a chance that he can, but it's that can't happen now 20 plus games into your career. So figure the moral of the story, figure this out, man. We're going to close out with Gary calling in from New York. Uh, he wants to talk about the offensive play caller. Matt, hi, it's Gary. I'm a, Mets, uh, I, I'm a Jet season ticket holder. I was a Jet season ticket holder, I should say, for uh, about 10 years. And I lived upstate New York, Saratoga Springs. Um, I think that we're focusing a little bit too much on Zach Wilson and not enough on the coaching and the game plan that was created, especially planning with an extra week. They, um, the best they have, uh, you know, with, with the, the few, the very couple times they were even on the, uh, the New England side of the 50, they, they run the ball up the middle. They didn't have a special play set up. I, I can't imagine. I mean, the game plan, especially at halftime, you go into the locker room, you set up a game plan to where you uh, approach the second half differently. They didn't do that. 
I, just, I think it was a big fail. If you want to say Zach failed, I, I agree. Um, but I think the coaching staff failed. Um, I think there were some drop passes out there, too. I think there was, there's, there's a lot of blame we laid around all over, not just on Zach. Um, big fan, man. Hey, hope all's well. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. And look, uh, I think I said it earlier in the show, uh, I don't think it was the best Mike LaFleur day, but there's very little you can do differently when your quarterback isn't executing some of the simplest things and missing wide-open reads. That Yes, there were drop passes. Yes, at times the offensive line wasn't good. Yes, the running game wasn't good. But that doesn't excuse just how poor Zach played. Hopefully it gets better, because if not, it ain't pretty. Seven games to go. A very winnable game against the Chicago Bears could potentially be without Justin Fields. I think I'd be very surprised if Justin Fields plays this game. Um, Again, as of the time on uh, Tuesday evening that this is being recorded, there has been no announcement on who is going to start. My guess is still the Wilson on the short leash angle. And if he struggles, I would guess they go to Mike White. Um, I hope that's not the case. I hope Zach Wilson comes out and throws 303 touchdowns. Am I going to predict that to happen? Probably not. But, hey, as we said, they're playing some of the worst pass defenses coming up. So We'll see what happens. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Hopefully next week we're back talking about a victory. That is much more fun. The New York Jets are 6-4. and four. Not completely out of it just yet, but please make sure to subscribe wherever you get the show, whether it be on YouTube or in podcast form. That really makes a big difference. Also, know the Jet Report airs every Monday to Thursday, not this Thursday for Thanksgiving, but Monday to Thursday, 2 p.m. live on YouTube. And then that is also available after the fact in podcast form if you want to consume it that way. Thank you so much for tuning in. It means the absolute world to me. I'm Matt O'Leary. Have a happy Thanksgiving.